0: Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more
1: billable hours. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another edition of The Lex Factor podcast. I am your special guest host, Randy Schorafide, Senior Manager of Public Relations and Communications at Lexicon, and along with my other special guest host, Scott Brennan, CEO of Lexicon, we want to welcome Karen Renee, who is president of eCourt Reporters, along with Judy Garilott, who is vice president of E-Court Reporters. Ladies, welcome to The Lex Factor. Thanks, Thanks for having us. So today is yet another special episode of the Lex Factor as we welcome Karen and Judy. And what we're going to talk about today is adapting and transforming your legal practice, which has become so important today as we look for ways to reinvent the way we work specifically within law firms in order to focus on what is important, such as growing law firm business and taking care of clients. So just before we get into our discussion, let's just give a quick overview of what eCourt Reporters is all about. So eCourt Reporters provides nationwide coverage for a variety of services. They offer a network of experienced, highly rated, and certified court reporters, legal videographers, and more. Their interactive website, located at ecourtreporters.com, allows law firms to locate and select services based on certifications years of experience, five-star ratings, availability, and upfront pricing. And this is all before you book services from eCourt Reporters. This process on eCourt Reporters platform takes less than five minutes and can cover locations all across the United States. All right, so let's get into the discussion of our topic today. So, Scott Brennan, CEO of Lexicon, it's all yours. Thanks, Randy. And you know thanks ecourt reporters for
0: joining us for another another episode of the lex factor so 2021 has been the year of change if we call 2020 the year of hibernating and crawling back into a dark cave waiting for it to come to end 2021 we're all coming out of the cave and we're we're beginning to think about how should we be doing things better how do we do things differently because what we did in 2019 and what we did in 2020 probably don't really work in 2021 And a lot of the things that that firms were doing in order to run more efficiently and to stay alive during the the pandemic, you know, will probably translate in some ways into better long-term practices for their firms going forward. In fact, a recent survey from HBR Consulting found 62% of firms expect to make a significant change in their workplace strategy. And then ultimately, 57% of those respondents anticipate that the post-COVID-19 workplace model will significantly impact their operating costs. So how you think about providing support to your law firm and your your legal staff and your attorneys is really key in driving efficiencies, increasing productivity, and allowing you to focus on practicing law, right? You became a lawyer to practice law, to help people, to make money practicing law, not, not to run an administrative firm, not to do billing and collections, and not to run a fleet of court reporters. So if we look at the law firms out there today, 90% of firms have third parties delivering some portion of their office services and facilities. 81% do it for IT overall. I don't actually know what what percent go outside for court reporting. I don't know if you guys – e-court reporters do either, but I, I would bet it, it's a pretty significant number.
2: So I'll just chime in and, and thank you for having us on today, uh, Scott and Randy. Um, for court reporters, we are never hired by the law firm as an employee. So it's all outsourced. We are a third party or uh, I'll call officials of the court. So we cannot be an employee of any law firm. So that that uh, the outsourcing is real important.
0: It's also important to, to think about when... When you look at what should you be doing as as a law firm, how much should you outsource? How much should you control in-house? When I think about it when I talk to law firms, you know what I like to tell them is what's really important to you as a firm, right? what What is it that differentiates you from your competition, right? Is it that that you've got deep expertise in a certain area of the law? Is it that you you have incredible customer service? I've yet to talk to the law firm who says that efficient billing practices is, is what their unique value proposition is for their clients. You should look at everything your firm is doing and then decide, how important is this this thing, this service to my clients? Would I be better served outsourcing it? I think a lot of people think about outsourcing as a cost avoidance technique and, and certainly cost avoidance can be a benefit of outsourcing, right? I mean, like we all recognize you can save money sometimes if you go to somebody who does something at scale and it's a little bit cheaper for them to provide that service than it would be for you. And it, and it certainly, for a smaller firm, allows you to take what, what feels like a, a fixed expense in headcount. You could get rid of headcount, right? You can change it. It's not really fixed, but it feels like a fixed expense where you're paying that salary every month. And you can turn it into a variable expense that's tied to how often are you doing that service, what is it you know, that your usage is, and does that tie back to the cost of hiring that person? Are you better off outsourcing it? And, and you guys do this on your, on your site too. I think the, the biggest benefit of outsourcing is that you can go to a company who specializes in that service, for lack of a better term. It's not a hobby or a distraction for them that they provide. It's what they do right and so for lexicon that's the services that we offer and it's it's practice management software right and, and for you guys, somebody can say i I want I want a court reporter at this you know at this hearing at this deposition and I want I want a person that looks like this and maybe I only need that court reporter for a very limited number of events and so it doesn't wouldn't make a ton of sense for me to try to somehow replicate that talent in house. So when you guys position yourselves and you talk to law firms and and I'm guessing you probably talk to the court systems as well on occasion, what is it that you that you talk to them about? Like what differentiates you and what's the reason why somebody want to go to the e-court reporter system? As opposed to, to trying to get these resources some other way.
2: So what sets us apart and what makes us unique is that eCourt Reporters provides law firms the ability to schedule court reporters based on specific criteria. Hiring the exact court reporter needed for the exact proceedings. So if you have a if you're in the need of a court reporter that's proficient in deposing a medical doctor our system allows court or allows law firms to be able to filter down to the exact needs. I need a court reporter next Tuesday in X location at X time. And I need that court reporter to be proficient in medical. Our system will filter out and make the exact match um, to make sure that you have the service that you needed. And that niche service that, that makes that, that's what sets us apart. That's what we do that's, it's something that is not done anyplace else. And what we pr- strive for is a professional service on both sides. So we, we strive to give that the best suited court reporter for the needed event.
0: How do you handle the, the ratings? So you know, are those ratings based on your users and, and firms that have used those reporters in the past? Are they, are they more broad in general? Are you scraping you know, Google reviews or where do the ratings come from?
2: So the ratings are strictly by the peers that have used the court reporters in the past. So I should note that anybody that goes to our site or that asks for access to our site to be a user of our site, they all go through a vetting system. So you won't find any court reporters on our system that have not been vetted, that are certified, in fact, in their state that they're providing service, that have a minimum of two years experience, um, that have the qualifications necessary for for the services they're providing. And this, the five-star rating is just that. So after an attorney, a law firm uses a court reporter for a specific proceeding, after the job is complete, that law firm has an opportunity to rate that court reporter from a one through five system and can leave comments as well. Um, and that uh, so it's it's not a random, it's not like your friends can go on there and boost your rating up or anything like uh-huh. that. This is a professional <laughs> service and it it is rated by the peers in the profession.
3: If I could just add, sure. when Karen talked about the five-star rating and how the attorney can select based on um, what special services that they may need, when they do that search, they also can see that five-star rating, the certifications, the years of experience, and what makes this really unique is the upfront pricing that the law firms can see before they book. Um, When they do a search, uh, it's a live calendar that our court reporters use. So availability is based on a live search. So they will get the proper services provided by uh, our, our certified court reporters for the needs that they have for their proceeding.
0: They pay by the hour. Is it do you do you offer fixed fee pricing as it's, well?
3: The court reporters input their rates. And typically, I'll let you jump in here too, Karen, but typically it's based on a per page cost.
0: Okay. So it's based on how much transcription are they actually doing, um, not not necessarily the amount of time that that they might be sitting before that transcription begins?
2: The Industry holds a per-page standard. Standard, that's how the pricing goes. And it's based, each of the court reporters base their pricing on the locations, in other words, market-driven. So what you may pay for a service in California would be different in the Midwest. Sure. And whatnot.
0: What made you guys think that this was a business that, that you'd be able to grow and nurture and get to take off?
2: So I've been in the court reporting industry since 2004, and I'm a current court reporter. But I have seen firsthand the difficulties and the frustrations of scheduling of court reporters. And not only scheduling court reporters, but scheduling certified, qualified professional court reporters across the country. So they're high demand for their services. And what happens from a court reporter standpoint is there's a lot of uh, back and forth with phone calls, emails, text messages. Um, and, and it's time consuming for law firms and it's frustrating for paralegals. 77% of paralegals indicate it takes over four hours and up to, to a day to schedule one court reporter for one event. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's, you know, those law firm dollars end up being put back to the very litigation clients that require their services. So the cost for the client for the services is, is high. And then also for the paralegal in the law firm, that's wasted time that they could be spending on research for the case that's upcoming and that type of thing. So what we did is we created a system that that same process can be done in less than five minutes. The court reporter can literally be booked while in another job. So I could be on the record in a deposition and be booked while I'm working. And that was the concept from the beginning. Uh, It's been very well receptive across the industry on both sides, from both the court reporters and from the law firms. We've saved the court reporters a lot of time and frustration. And clearly we've saved the law firms a lot of time and frustration. And then again, that professional service on both sides, you know, we, we created a system that it's not just anybody. You are really selecting down and and making a specific choice.
0: How large is your community of court reporters today?
2: So we have over two thousand registrations on our site. There are thirty thousand court reporters throughout the United States. We actually started our focus on the seven thousand court reporters that are registered with the National Court Reports Association. Again, that's a professional association within the industry. Um, But yeah, we have a great basis. We can honestly say today that we have representation in all 50 states. Up until about two weeks ago, we were 49 of 50, and we finally nailed North Dakota. So welcome, North Dakota, to our system. Uh, We were able to get them in as well. So now we have coverage in all 50 states. Um, I will add that one thing that happened since COVID is we did a bit of a pivot and put in a special section for remote services. And what remote services allows for law firms now is not only can a court reporter cover a geographical area, you know, generally speaking, it was within driving distance of their location to cover a deposition. Now, with COVID happening in the remote services availability, we can have statewide coverage. So an attorney now can search for a court reporter, for, my, for an example, in the whole state of Wisconsin versus, you know, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Or versus San Diego, California, they can now search the entire state of California for that court reporter. So it opened up a bigger pool. We've we've talked about the fact that there's a limited supply of good quality court reporters, and this opened up the pool for law firms to find more on availability with that remote service.
0: And are are court reporters, are, are they licensed by a state? So would a Wisconsin court reporter be able to work out of state in, say, Florida or California?
2: That's a great question, Scott. So the they are licensed by state. Every state is different. And the unique thing with the what happened with the remote services is that court reporters now are making themselves or getting certifications in other states. In other words, we have a court reporter here in Wisconsin that has taken the licensing for the state of Texas. So now when Texas needs coverage, they can actually use a court reporter location-wise she's in Wisconsin but that court reporter is licensed in Texas. And we have many examples of that where court reporters are now expanding their reach, which also allows better pool again for the, the law firms to select from. So that instead of just having you know X amount in any given state, they can now, court reporters can now provide services in other states, providing they pass the certification requirements for that state. So that, that is the key and every state is different. Um, it's also why markets, Prices are different. Every state is different. Licensing is different. Uh, but that remote service that has come into play has really made a big difference across the industry for availability.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's 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 leveled the playing field. So is it also impacting price in, in some or do you anticipate it will in some of the higher price markets?
2: It hasn't changed anything in price to date. And it really comes down to availability. Again, they're they're in high demand. And I'll tell you what's happened with COVID. Everything from last summer, last spring, you know, this courthouse is shut down, deposition shut down. And I think we all thought that this wasn't going to last very long, but it ended up stretching out to quite a lengthy time. And then all those court cases that were kind of left sitting, they didn't go away. They just got pushed back. And now you have all the court cases that have happened because of and since COVID, so there became this huge backlog. So right now there's this influx of everybody needs a quote reporter because we need to catch up. So price-wise hasn't changed in the sense of it's really comes down to availability. It really comes down to, you know, finding that specific court reporter, but it, it's really, the price hasn't changed. It does, our system does allow, like Judy said, the availability to look at different rates, right? So mm-hmm. you can look at if you need a court reporter, given date, time, location, and our system filters out to, let's say you have five of them, now you can search by price if you choose. You can select by the five-star rating. You can select by certification. But you also have that opportunity to compare prices. So in the future, that may you know make a little bit of an impact on pricing. But again, the court reporters are, the good court reporters are in high demand. Law firms in general would rather pay for a solid, professional, experienced, you know, five-star rated court reporter that costs a little more than maybe one that isn't. I want to say it that way.
0: And do you have like four point three star court reporters in your system, or or if you don't maintain five stars, do they get do they get removed from the network?
2: It, nobody has been booted from the network to date. Uh, we do review the comments that come in. We do review the ratings that come in. Um, If we get, we, we kind of do a administrative review in the sense of if a court reporter has one bad rating, let's say that comes in, and the attorney says, well, you know that court reporter showed up twenty minutes late, and we reach out to the court reporter and say, okay, you showed up twenty minutes late. You want to explain that? We have a bad review, and they say, well, there was an accident on the freeway, and I had no other choice, and I apologize, and and we move on. But now that same reporter gets three or four of those same re- bad reviews, we will remove them from the system. We strive for a professional process. We, we want a professional service on both ends from the court reporter and on the attorney side. We also, in fairness, do the same thing for the court reporter. And I mean that by if we have we have had to remove one attorney from our system, gaining access for no pay. They, they didn't pay the court reporter for the services. And it actually ended up being, I shouldn't call it no pay because after a year, they ended up paying but for a year, they did not pay. So they were, their access to the system was denied. Um, again, we're looking for that professional service on both sides. Yep.
0: So very slow pay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very slow
0: pay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if you look ahead to the future, you know, are, are you guys thinking about full-on automated court reporting? And, and is there, you know, is there another wave of this? And, and probably no time in the immediate future, but... Do you, see, do you see a future where you provide this service with with essentially bots that have been trained to be court reporters?
2: It's a great question. We get that all the time. And part of why our system exists and has grown so well is because at this time, we don't allow that service. And that service is out there already. There's, there's a lot of AI. There's a lot of voice to text. And right now, honestly, the attorneys don't want it. They're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, we anticipate that someday maybe AI will get there and we actually have expansion plans and have it built into our system where we can add that in if needed. when when we get to the state where or get to the point where attorneys start asking for it, that's when we'll implement it. but honestly right now we don't have that um they don't want it we don't, we're not getting any requests for it let me put it that way we're not getting requests for it. We for us it would simply be another criteria. In other words, a court attorney if they wanted, Uh, a voice-to-text technology type for their deposition, they could go in and select that criteria in our system, and they would be able to find that. That is in our future expansion. Um, We haven't gotten there yet. And again, we won't until or unless the attorneys start demanding it or asking for it. Yeah.
0: And we took the same position on our call center support, right? Right now, I think people know pretty quickly when they're talking to a bot, they get frustrated when it doesn't do what they want it to do. So we've We've taken the position that we're going to invest and have real-life, you know, experienced legal experts answer the phone for our law firm customers when, that, when the phone rings rather than put them against a bot. But like you, we're, we're kind of evaluating that situation and at some point either the AI or people's willingness to accept it is going to move. And when that happens, a percentage of, of the firms may want to have a bot and save, save some of the expense – compared to that real live operator.
3: I just
2: actually had a conversation today with a gentleman that does AI. And it was interesting because I was kind of asking a lot of questions and and he to me as well. But one of the things that we came to the agreement is the system currently with voice to text is no less expensive than hiring a court reporter. You actually need two people to do the same job as one currently in the court reporter field. And attorneys just aren't willing to take that risk. You know, they're they're dealing with multi-million dollar cases that affects lives forever. Uh, that human element makes a difference. I always use the example of if you had a deposition or if you had an injury in a car accident and in the deposition you said, you know, I have baloney pain. And AI could tell you that you have, that pain is baloney. It's, it's doesn't exist. Whereas no, I'm saying I have below knee pain Mm -hmm. and it hurts and I need to be compensated. So, you know, just one tiny little fun example of our English language is tough. We have a lot that goes into the court reporting field is not just, you know, typing, you know, fingers on it and little keys that doesn't quite measure up to a keyboard there's a lot more that goes into the English language and, and the significance of it can impact a case and it and ultimately impact a client's case and ultimately the lawyer is going to be held accountable for it, right? So I tried to cheapen down by not using an official court reporter and I lost the case. That's not something any attorney is willing to risk at this point in the
0: game. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I enjoyed our time together. I want to thank you for joining The Lex Factor. I do want to point out to our listeners that through July 15th of 2021, for those of you listening and catching up in the future, uh, this offer expired in 2021. But if you sign up and complete a demo of the Lexicon software, we'll give you a $25 gift card up to the first 25 qualified demos. So meaning you have to be an actual law firm and you have to actually sit through a demo. Um, Go to lexiconservices.com backslash ecourt.com, um, actually probably just ecourt, and, and we'll give you that $25 gift card when you complete the demo and you sign up through that, through that page. And I believe now to the end of July of 2021 also, ecourt reporters is offering a $50 Amazon e-gift card for every completed deposition scheduled through their platform. Go to ecourtreporters.com and mention that you found them through Lexicon.
1: Wonderful. Great conversation today. Scott, thank you so much for leading our discussion. And thank you to Karen and Judy, both from Ecourt Reporters. We've invited uh, Karen and Judy to come back for a future episode because there's just so much content and discussion uh, that we can go down. Um, and so they'll be back in a future episode. So please visit the Lex Factor. Again, go to lexiconservices.com in the knowledge base section of our website and look for all of our podcasts and other content. So, for another episode of The Lex Factor, this is Randy Schorfide signing off. Take care, everyone.
0: Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.